if we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. On AM 1420, The Answer. Yes, it is indeed, and a good morning to you. Thanks for joining us. We are starting now at 7 minutes after the hour of 9 o'clock on this free-for-all Friday edition of The Authority. It's the 26th morning of the second month of the year of our Lord, 2021. And as we endeavor to do each and every day, let us begin the day's festivities with our Pledge of Allegiance. If you are not driving right now, please rise and join us. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Our daily pause for the pledge is brought to you by a desire to show patriotism and love of country, as well as to tick off the liberals who hate the sound of the Pledge of Allegiance, because it pledges allegiance to a nation that they simply despise. Having said that, let us get rolling. It is a free-for-all Friday, and guess what that means? We are keeping free-for-all today. Um, I've got one guest, and not until 10.35, so the first 90 minutes of the broadcast today are free-for-all. Whatever topic you want to get into is fine today, 216-901-0945, Either one of those numbers will get you here live and on the air. If you wish to leave a message for our program, I would prefer you not do it during the show because, quite obviously, you can call me live. But if you can't get through or if you're listening to this uh, program on a tape delay, if you're listening to our podcast later on, uh, you can always leave a message for us and we will play good messages and respond to them on the air. 216-525-1806 is the number to do that. 216-525-1806 is the authority message line. So I want to start with the biggest news of the day today. Yesterday, they went ahead and did it. As you expected, that they, as we all expected, that they would. They passed the Inequality Act. Yes, I know it's not called the Inequality Act, but I would rather be accurate in its meaning rather than accurate in its title. The title is Equality Act, but in reality and in practice, there is nothing equal about the Equality Act, not for women in particular. We spent a great deal of time talking yesterday and on Wednesday 
about the Equality Act and what it would do to women and what it would do to also religious liberty and more. We talked to Pastor Chris Long, who outlined a lot of this. We talked yesterday to uh, Dr. Everett Piper, uh, who did as well. And um, all of this is lost on every single Democrat in the House and three Republicans. You know, you, you, you talk, we talk about this on a regular basis, how far the Republican Party has fallen. And that is just a great example of it. You really mean to tell me that we can't unite behind the belief in scientific evidence-based, or rather evidence-based science is maybe a better way to say that, that shows and proves that human beings are divided up into two different sexes, two different genders, and do not play games with the language there. Do not allow the left to parse that and say, no, 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 sex is biological, gender is different, gender is psychological. Hogwash. That is just modern-day liberal woke-speak. And we don't speak woke on this program. We speak facts, not wokes. All right? Gender means sex. Male, female. Boy, girl. Man, woman. Masculine, feminine. Find your way of saying it. But that's it. There are two sexes and two genders. That's it. There is no non-binary, there is no I am um, uh, an amorphous being, there is no I think I'm this, I might be that, I might be canine, I might be reptile. There are all kinds of warped, psychologically delusional people who can claim that in their heads they are something like that, but the reality is the science can't be denied. I run through these every time we discuss this. Chromosomal science, biological science, anatomical science, physiological science, all shows the same thing. You are male or you are female, and that is it. It is not open for discussion or negotiation, or let's ask my four-year-old what he feels like today. It just doesn't work that way. Three Republicans denied that science yesterday, joining the rest of the woke left uh, in the House of Representatives in passing this god-awful, dangerous bill. Dangerous how? Well, as I said, we've covered this from stem to stern, uh, really, in the last couple of days. And we've been talking about the Equality Act, which has been bandied about for really a couple of years. It never had support of a president, though, until now. Joe Biden likes it because Joe Biden, of course, likes everything that is far left. It's the only way he feels like he can keep his presidency. But yesterday they went ahead and voted for it and they uh, made it official. The House wants women to not exist. The House of Representatives wants women to not exist as actual beings. Women, Womanhood can mean anything anybody wants it to mean if they think it in their head or if they just pretend hard enough. Actual womanhood does not exist. This is what they're doing. The attack on women is multi-pronged and multifaceted when it comes to the Equality Act. The attack on your religious liberty might be a little bit less known to you. Maybe you don't quite understand how this affects religious liberty. There have been many, many great explanations of this. Among them, uh, The Daily Wire, a great piece by Ian uh, Haworth, explaining how the religious liberty, or that your religious liberty, rather, is threatened if this Equality Act becomes law. 
And I'm going to read a little bit of this, so bear with me. During the campaign trail, Joe Biden stated that the Equality Act would one day or would be one of his uh, legislative objectives during the first 100 days of his presidency. Today, they voted to pass it. Known as the Equality Act, this bill aims to prohibit discrimination. And this is, by the way, the language is always very positive, right? Of course we want to prohibit discrimination. Of course no one wants to allow discrimination to exist. And if we are allowing discrimination to exist against trans people, whatever that means, because, again, there's no such thing. There are people, well, there are. There are people with psychological delusions. Generally speaking, the uh, the um, term is called gender dysphoria, somebody who does not believe that their, their body matches up with what their mind feels like. Obviously, their body is what their body is, so it's really their mind that is polluted, their mind that is deluded, their mind that needs to be treated. But at any rate, nobody thinks they should be discriminated against, nor do I. The problem is by catering to them and normalizing them, and by that, I don't mean to use that in an insulting way, it's not normal versus abnormal, but regulating and accepting transgenderism as being whatever you feel like you are, and that's what people can be, that's what people have to be called, that's how they have to be treated, they have to be given access, etc., etc. Non-discrimination against those people leads to effective and serious discrimination against actual, real women. But let's move forward now to the religious argument. The bill aimed to prohibit discrimination on the basis of sex, gender, identity, and sexual orientation. And for other purposes in general, it amends the 1964 Civil Rights Act to explicitly prevent discrimination based on sexual orientation and gender identity. What makes this introduction different to the previous instances is that it follows the Bostock versus Clayton County Supreme Court decision, which ruled that the protections guaranteed by the 64 Civil Rights Act on the basis of sex also extends to discrimination against lesbian, gay, and transgender Americans. Therefore, this act would explicitly enshrine those non-discrimination protections into law for sexual orientation and gender identity, rather than providing these protections under the category of just sex. This act expands protection against, quote, discrimination provided by the Civil Rights Act, such as employment and housing, to also cover federally funded programs and public accommodations, which means retail stores, online retailers, stadiums, transportation service providers, etc. As an example, this would mean that businesses targeted in discrimination lawsuits for refusing certain services based on religious objections would be impacted by the Equality Act, such as florists and bakeries. The Equality Act would then also supersede the one that was passed yesterday by the House. We have to be so hyper-vigilant in speaking to our senators, and not just our senators, but other senators in other states who can flip this thing on its ear. We have to make sure that they oppose this, because it supersedes the Religious Freedom Restoration Act, passed in 1993, which sets a higher bar for the government to defend laws if people argued those laws infringed upon religious freedom. Now, findings and purpose of this. In Section 2 of the bill, multiple findings of Congress are listed, which provides us with an ideological uh, contextual foundation. The first finding is that discrimination can occur on the basis of sex, sexual orientation, gender identity, pregnancy, childbirth, or related medical conditions of an individual, as well as because of sex-based stereotypes. 
Each of these factors alone can serve as the basis for discrimination, and each is a form of sex discrimination, which is an objective statement of fact. After all, discrimination can occur on the basis of any characteristic or category, real or imaginary. Further obvious tautologies provided, such as a single instance of discrimination, may have more than one basis. However, the findings which follow, you know, which follow, move away from the objective and into the subjective and arguably unsubstantiated. Again, here's the language of the text, or of the bill, rather. Lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, and queer, referred to as LGBTQ, which I find very odd because if you call someone a queer, you are going to be assailed for being uh, offensive and insulting. You will be you will be canceled if you call someone a queer. It's just weird. It's kind of like the NAACP, which is the National Association for the Advancement of Colored People. It's in the title, but if you call someone colored, you are done. If you call someone queer, you are done. But you can't say the LGBTQ people. That's bizarre. Anyway, commonly experienced discrimination in securing access to public accommodations. Forms of discrimination include the exclusion and denial of entry, unequal or unfair treatment, harassment, and violence. The discrimination prevents the full participation of LGBTQ people in society and reflects the, or excuse me, disrupts the free flow of commerce. Now, this finding, which was included in the bill and, and accepted as a matter of fact for the purposes of those who wrote the bill, applies a broad categorization to the LGBTQ people, despite obvious differences, for example, between sexual orientation and gender identity, in order to cast as wide a net as possible when it comes to defining discrimination. The lines between past and present are also intentionally blurred, with the recognizable and common goal of using the objective immoralities of the past to justify solutions of the present. Now, Diving into public accommodations, the section of the bill uh, involves the alteration of sex to include sex orientation and gender identity with various existing pieces of legislation, including the Section 201 of the Civil Rights Act of 1964, which we talk about often. The word stadium is replaced with stadium or other place of establishment that provides exhibition, entertainment, recreation, exercise, amusement, public gathering, or public display. With any establishment that provides a good or service or a program, including a store, a shopping center, a retailer, etc., etc., etc. Any of these, any and all of these sorts of service or goods providers are covered under public accommodations. After the inclusion of the sexual orientation and gender identity is outlined in this bill and covered areas of American life are widened significantly, the bill then provides several definitions of the terms used. Most notably, gender identity is defined as the gender-related identity, appearance, mannerisms, or other gender-related characteristics of an individual, regardless of their designated sex as at birth and sex as including a sex stereotype, pregnancy, childbirth, or other related medical condition, sexual orientation or gender identity, sex characteristics, etc. In general terms, this legislation intentionally blurs the lines between biological sex and gender, which is the division proponents of gender theory upon in the past. So the issue with this, at its core, and I'm almost done before we take our break, bear with me. The issue with this, at its core is that it aims to reinforce and in some ways construct the rights of one group of individuals to the obvious 
and explicit detriment of others. Under such legislation, it is clear that religious liberty is trumped by this version of subjective equality, while ignoring other rights, such as freedom of association. Further adding to this worry is that much of the language is intentionally vague, meaning that concrete rights, such as religious freedom, can be cast aside in favor of the subjective and vague and emotionally driven assumptions and interpretations of what discrimination means, whether or not that was the intent or reality. Last part, hold on. In 2019, the Democrat-led House of Representatives passed the Equality Act with unanimous support from Democrats and eight Republicans. Given that it passed the House again yesterday with three Republicans, the responsibility now falls upon the Senate with 60 votes required to avoid a filibuster. And this is our charge now. We must hammer and I mean hammer the inboxes and phone lines and everything else we can of the Joe Mansions of the world, of the uh, Christian cinemas of the world. And yeah, don't ignore your two Ohio uh, senators. You know, I know Sherrod Brown is a lost cause, but I never know what to expect from Rob Portman, especially given his flip-flop on same-sex marriage after the, re- um, uh, the um, a revelation of his son being gay and wanting to engage in a same-sex union. So you need to hammer every single, we need to hammer every single senator we can possibly reach by phone, by email, by text messaging, you name it. If you want your religious liberty to be protected, and if you want women, period, to be protected and respected, the fight is before us right now. We fought a little bit before the House vote yesterday, but we kind of knew that it was a lost cause. Because they have too many. It's not a lost cause in the Senate. The fight is in front of us. Are you ready to engage in it? 216-901-0945. Join us and we'll be right back. All right, it's a free-for-all Friday, 929. Uh, just a short segment here before the news break. Let's get Vince in Rocky River in and see what he wants to talk about. Hey, Vince, go right ahead. Bob, uh, in reference to uh, your discussion yesterday on uh, the Pledge of Allegiance. Yes, sir. Red Skeleton does an outstanding job on the Pledge of Allegiance. It is when he was in grade school and he had a teacher that... Uh, he took the Pledge of Allegiance and broke it up and explained what every word was. For example, sure. I pledge, and he defined that. Allegiance, and he defined that. It's an excellent breakdown of the Pledge of Allegiance, and uh, I don't know if your people can find it, research it. Oh, yeah, it, but, I've, uh, I've actually played it on the air before, uh, Vince. Uh, oh, you have. I don't want to say everybody knows that one, but almost everybody knows that one. And as a matter of fact, there was another great version of it that was just copied that was done by Charlie Daniels, uh, the late mm. Charlie Daniels. Um, he gave you know tribute to Red Skelton's version and did it in his own voice with his own little you know personal style on yeah. it. And uh, I've played that one too. So uh, I'll do it again soon uh, because a lot of people do you know, especially when I do that pledge every day, people are reminded of Red Skelton's beautiful uh, you know construct or deconstruction of that uh, of that glorious pledge, like you 
said line by line, word by word. Outstanding, yeah. Yeah, we'll do it again. Um, it's just uh, probably not on a daily basis because it's quite lengthy. It's over five minutes long the way Red Skelton does it. But, um, but yeah, Vince, you're 100% right. It's a great breakdown, and uh, and we will do it again. Thank you very much. Yes, sir. I appreciate it. Yes, sir. God Bye. bless. I appreciate your call. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I've had people leave me, leaving me message, uh, messages on the authority message line as well, 216-525-1806, saying, hey, since you're doing the pledge, how about Red Skelton? And uh, I said, yeah, well, we'll do it again. Maybe, I don't know. I don't know exactly when. And the Charlie Daniels version is really good as well. I love Charlie Daniels, too. He passed away recently, about a month or two ago. Uh, but uh, he did a great version of that as well. But uh, absolutely, and I appreciate all of your interest and support in that pledge. Uh, we'll get news now. Come back to your calls on AM fourteen twenty. The Answer. Attention, social justice warriors. If you're looking for a safe space where your delicate ears won't be offended, this isn't it. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420, The Answer. 936, we continue AM 1420, The Answer to Free for All Friday. We've got one guest coming up at 1035. Christina Hagen, former state representative, will be back with us to talk about the issues of the day. She's uh, become an incredibly popular pundit, speaking on all of these um, uh, political issues in Ohio and beyond. So that'll be coming up at 1035. I want to share with you now, in following up on the lead story, which is the passage of the Equality Act and the devastating impact that it's going to have on women and that it's going to have on religious liberty and so many other aspects of life. I feel so bad for these girls, too. I have been watching and listening to girls um, who have been impacted by boys pretending to be girls, running in their races and stealing their glory, stealing their opportunities for uh, advancement and potentially college opportunities uh, in their sporting events. It's just, it's, it's tear-jerking. It really is. These girls have run or practiced or worked or whatever it is in their field of, of uh, competition for their entire young lives, you know, 10, 12, 13, 14 years, and then they reach the pinnacle, they're on the verge of being crowned champion and going to college and competing for, you know, bigger glory and getting their college educations, and then along comes a six foot two, hundred and ninety-five pound guy with bulging muscles and much a much larger lung capacity, um, faster twitch muscles, all of the other biological, physiological advantages males have over females saying, Yeah, uh, see my wig, like it, I'm a chick, uh, let's go, and then destroying them. It's just so unfair. The best example, and I think I told this story yesterday, but I'll hit it again very quickly. Uh, Alana Smith is one of the three girls who brought the lawsuit in Connecticut um, against uh, against uh, the state, I guess, for allowing uh, biological males to race in these races. She was one of the fastest sprinters in the entire state of Connecticut. She was on her way to college scholarships and more when she ended up finishing fourth or third because of the um, because of the males who decided they were going to run as females. Uh, Alana Smith said, these biological males are just taking it all away from us. Fairness needs to be restored in our sport and all women's sports. And her example that I gave yesterday was just phenomenal. She was on TV, and I don't remember where, but she said that she's got a twin brother, Alana Smith, one of the fastest girls in the state of Connecticut has a twin brother. And the twin brother is not even a competitive runner, not a competitive athlete. She's one of the fastest females in the state. He's not even competitive. She said, but when my brother and I race, he beats me every time. Think about that. They're twins. 
They have the same DNA, the same genetic characteristics. They have come from the same split zygote. They are twins. One is a female, one is a male. One is one of the fastest females in the state. The other one is not even a competitive athlete, and he's faster than she is. Is it right to make her and all women and young girls compete against physically superior males in such a way? It is ridiculous. It's the reason why Title IX was created, to provide fairness and equality of opportunity for women in sports. Now, having said all that, I want to follow up with this. Yesterday, um, coincidentally, I don't know, coincidentally that the passage of the Equality Act happened with the confirmation hearings on the Senate side of Dr. Richard Levine, who likes to go by the name Rachel and wear wigs and makeup. Uh, I don't know if it's coincidental or not, but Dr. Richard Levine, who goes by Dr. Rachel Levine, is a male who thinks he's a female, who has been nominated as the assistant uh, uh, and assistant director of health uh, in, in the Biden administration. So she was, uh, he was facing, this person was facing uh, confirmation hearings and questions came up from Rand Paul that simply need to be heard. Rand Paul decided to use this opportunity to speak up on behalf of parents whose rights are being stripped away from them in this woke society in which teachers and doctors are advising and encouraging little kids who question their quote-unquote gender identity to pursue those, those fantasies, and sometimes those things leading to surgical procedures, sometimes without the parents' consent. Rand Paul wanted to ask this nominee about that, and I want you to listen to the responses that Levine gives him, and then I want you to listen to the rest of the exchange. This is worth your time, believe me. American culture is now normalizing the idea that minors can be given hormones to prevent their biological development of their secondary sexual characteristics. Dr. Levine, you have supported both allowing minors to be given hormone blockers to prevent them from going through puberty, as well as surgical destruction of a minor's genitalia. Like surgical mutilation, hormonal interruption of puberty can permanently alter and prevent secondary sexual characteristics. The American College of Pediatricians reports that 80 to 95 percent of prepubertal children with gender dysphoria will experience resolution by late adolescence if not exposed to medical intervention and social affirmation. Dr. Levine, do you believe that minors are capable of making such a life-changing decision as changing one's sex? Well, Senator, thank you for your interest in this question. Um, transgender medicine is a very complex and nuanced field um, with robust research and uh, standards of care that have been developed. And if I am fortunate enough to be confirmed as the Assistant Secretary of Health, I would look forward to working with you and your office and coming to your office and discussing the particulars of the standards of care for transgender yeah, medicine. The specific question was about minors. Let's be a little more specific since you evaded the question. Do you support the government intervening to override the parent's consent to give a child puberty blockers, cross-sex hormones, and or amputation surgery of breasts and genitalia? You have said that you're willing to accelerate the protocols for street kids. I'm alarmed that poor kids with no parents who are homeless and distraught, you would just go through this and allow that to happen to a minor. I would hope that you would have compassion for Kira Bell, who's a 23-year-old girl who was confused with her identity. At 14, she read on the Internet about something about transsexuals. She thought, well, maybe that's what I am. She ended up getting these puberty blockers, cross-sex hormones. She had her breasts amputated. 
But here's what ultimately she says now. And this is a very insightful from decision from someone who made a mistake but was led to believe this was a good thing by the medical community. I made a brash decision as a teenager, as a lot of teenagers do, trying to find confidence and happiness, except now the rest of my life will be negatively affected, she said, adding that the medicalized gender transitioning was a very temporary, superficial fix for a very complex identity issue. What I'm alarmed at is that you're not willing to say absolutely minors shouldn't be making decisions to amputate their breast or to amputate their genitalia. For most of our history, we believe that minors don't have full rights and the parents need to be involved. So I'm alarmed that you won't say with certainty that minors should not have the ability to make the decision to take hormones that will affect them for the rest of their life. Will you make a more firm decision? Minors should be involved in these decisions? Senator, uh, transgender medicine is a very complex and nuanced field. Uh, and if confirmed to the position of Assistant Secretary of Health, I would certainly be pleased to come to your office and talk with you and your staff about the standards of care and the complexity of this field. Let it go into the record that the witness refused to answer the question. The question is a very specific one. Should minors be making these momentous decisions? For most of the history of medicine, we wouldn't let you have a cut sewn up in the ER. But you're willing to let a minor take things that prevent their puberty, and you think they get that back? You give a woman testosterone enough that she grows a beard, you think she's going to go back looking like a woman when you stop the testosterone? You have permanently changed them. Infertility is another problem. None of these drugs have been approved for this. They're all being used off-label. I find it ironic that the left that went nuts over hydroxychloroquine being used possibly for COVID are not alarmed that these hormones are being used off-label. There's no long-term studies. We don't know what happens to them. We do know that there are dozens and dozens of people have been through this who, who regret that this happened and a permanent change happened to them and you know if you've ever been around children 14 year olds can't make this decision in the gender dysphoria clinic in England 10% of the kids are between the age of 3 and 10 we should be outraged that someone's talking to a 3 year old about changing their sex I can't thank, vote for thank, you if you can't thank make thank you so much Senator Pollan the end there, if you just missed it, he said, I can't vote for you if you can't make a decision on this. Now, he asked this man, Richard Levine, who puts on a wig and a dress and parades around as Rachel Levine, very specifically, should children, little children, be making decisions about whether or not they want to take hormone blockers that are going to affect them for the rest of their lives and potentially uh, subject themselves to surgical procedures that will affect them for the rest of their lives. Should children be making that decision? Now, you ask that of 1,000 random people in this country, and 999 of them are going to say, of course not. And it's astounding, alarming, and, and shameful that it isn't 1,000 out of 1,000. But somehow Joe Biden found a way to nominate the one out of 1,000 that would say no. It's not alarming. It's not a problem. Let the child decide what they want to do with their bodies for the rest of their lives, despite the fact that their own cerebral cortex, their own frontal lobe, is not developed until they're in their mid-20s, which is the decision-making aspect of their brain and their frontal lobe. Despite that, and despite the numerous people who have gone through these ridiculous procedures because of childhood fantasies that were then encouraged to be pursued in reality by their, the adults in their lives, or some of the adults in their lives, oftentimes not the parents, 
have, have expressed their deep and profound regrets for ever doing such a thing. Dr. Levine was asked directly, should a child be making decisions on life-changing procedures and, and hormones and hormone blockers and so forth? And this doctor refused to say, no, of course not. We don't, like, like Rand Paul said, we don't allow children to go by themselves into the emergency room and have stitches put in. They need parental authority for anything like that to be done. But we're going to let them pick their own gender? We're going to let them pick their own sex? Are you kidding? This should be a no-brainer. But this is where we're headed. In the woke left world of today, a child isn't a child, or beg your pardon, a child isn't a boy. A child isn't a girl. A child is just a child until they figure out what they are. And they can make that decision. At three? At four? Even at 14, it's criminal. We don't allow a kid to enter into a bind, legally binding contract at 14 because they're not smart enough, they're not mature enough, they're not advanced and developed enough to make good decisions. We don't allow a 16-year-old to be in a section. Because the 16-year-old, that would be considered statutory rape because the 16-year-old is not um, old and mature enough, according to our laws and according to our medicine, to make a good decision about whether or not they want to be sexually active. And if somebody who is over the age of 18, somebody who is an adult, has a sexual relationship with somebody who is 16 or under, they're guilty of statutory rape because the girl can't give consent or the younger person cannot give consent. Because, yes, it does happen the other way, too, with older uh, females and, and underage males. So we don't allow them to make those kinds of decisions, but as Dr. Paul said, we're going to allow them decide, to decide their own sex? Dr. Paul, Rand Paul, of course, was savaged by the left yesterday. Transphobic Paul badgers uh, uh, Levine, trans, transgendered uh, Levine, uh, Biden pick for assistant health secretary, blah, 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 blah. All about tr- uh, uh, Paul's transphobia, transphobia, transphobia. How about child phobia? Because that's what all of these critics and all of these backers of these things are doing. They're essentially saying they're afraid to let children be what they're born as. Transphobia? Are you kidding? This is protection of children. And anybody who opposes it, I would say, doesn't like children. Dr. Nicole Sapphire last night on Hannity, I think it was on Hannity or Tucker, one of them, I don't know, um, made, made such a great point there. She talked about the science behind it. She talked about the frontal lobe development. She talked about uh, how kids cannot make these decisions. It was extremely well said, and she pointed out directly that anybody, including Dr. Richard slash Rachel Levine, who thinks that children should be allowed to take and make the decision on taking uh, puberty blockers, hormone blockers, and make decisions on having amputations done and reconstructive surgeries done and these kinds of things, anybody who would allow a child to make those decisions doesn't like children. They don't care about children. And this particular person, by the way, Dr. Richard slash Rachel Levine, is a pediatrician. Would you take your child to that doctor? That doctor now is going to be, if confirmed, the Assistant Secretary of Health in the United States of America. My friends, we are at a very pivotal point, and it's time to fight. Sorry if that incites any insurrections. We'll be right back.
Okay, 9.55. Let's get to the phones again. I wanted you to hear Rand Paul. Uh, if you want to respond to that, I would love to hear from you. 216-901-0945, Michael is in Cleveland, up on AM 1420, The Answer. Michael, good morning. Go right ahead. Hey, Bob. Okay, so I, I've got several things, because actually you've kind of changed my mind in the last couple, uh, <laughs> in the last segment. Um the thing I called about was that I kind of feel like conservatives are playing a victim card now that everybody's lost, and it's it's just not a good feel. It's just not a good look. You have to explain what you mean, Michael. I'm not following you. A victim card now that everybody has lost what? what are we talking about a particular topic, or what are we saying? I mean, you guys have basically lost the government, and you spent the last, at least the last four years, really, like, complaining about, oh, oh, snowflakes and victims and this and that, and now that things have turned, you guys are playing the victim card now. I don't hear anybody playing victim card, Michael. Uh, certainly you don't hear me playing the victim card. I'm talking about stepping up and fighting back and retaking the government. And by the way, I wouldn't characterize what just happened in November as, you know, now that we've lost everything. We gained over 15 seats in the House of Representatives, in a, and, and that means we kept all of our existing incumbency seats and we flipped a handful of others from blue to red. Republicans still control the state assemblies or legislatures in 31 out of our 50 states. That's 31 to 19. We control state governments, and it's still 50-50 okay, in the United well, States hey, Senate. So I, I would not say the Republicans have lost everything. I don't think that's fair. Am I still on air, or are you going to cut yeah. me off? Yeah, you're here. Go ahead. Okay. Well, let me say that I, I, I'm not just some Mr. Lefty. I agree with you on basically like the transgender issues and and some of the other stuff like i uh, you, the mother of my child is a super lefty and i do not agree with her about much of anything so you're moderate um i i i'm pretty moderate but i i do have some conservative like i'm i'm anti-abortion i'm okay. pro-gun okay but some of the nowadays some of the conservative stuff just i mean i i listen obviously i listen to you mm-hmm. i listen to you i listen to hewitt i listen to prager you know but it's just you sound like you're you got, more conservative michael than you are not um, I mean, you know, you're pro-gun, you're anti-abortion, you're opposed to this trans uh, agenda. Um, give me something that you're left on. Uh, you know, that's a good question. Um, uh, I'm, I'm left on, like, gay issues. Um, I'm left on... I mean, I, I'm halfway left on... on on transgender issues, but but I still understand that, like, oh, you know, this about the, unfa- the unfairness to women that uh, the, you know, some of those examples that we've been talking about, right? I mean, you recognize the absurdity of that um, you, because you know well, you, you, okay. you sound like so a reasonable here's, here's person. My, Go ahead. Well, Bob, here's my thing, and please don't cut me off. 
Depends Here's on how fast you are it. because I'm up against the news. <laughs> Go ahead. Okay. Here's my thing about women. They have pushed and pushed for all this garbage, and now they're reaping what they've sown. What garbage have they pushed for? What do you mean by that? They've pushed and pushed for all the trans stuff, all the women stuff, all the gay stuff, and, and this is what happens. Well, here's the thing, Michael, and uh, and listen, I hope you call back again sometime because you, you, you sound like a, an interesting guy, and I appreciate your call today. I've got to go now, though, for news. But you sound like an interesting guy because you sound like you're reasonable and you're willing to listen and to and – to, um, um, uh, maybe discuss and, 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 and learn a little bit about these things, too. You're talking about the feminist movement. You're talking about women have pushed for this, pushed for this, pushed for this, pushed for this. Sure they have. Sure they have. They have pushed for women's rights. They have pushed for equal rights, which is why the feminist movement now is in such a quandary, or why, rather, I'm in a quandary, why so many of us are confused as to why they are not pushing to continue to defend women. Because the trans agenda literally destroys what it means to be a woman if you're truly a feminist you would be opposed to not you if a person is truly a feminist they would be opposed to the trans movement because women are suffering the consequences in very very serious ways i hope you call back again we didn't necessarily have enough time to talk about everything right now but i hope